Go. Good Friday afternoon. It is time for Off of the Helmets. Let's talk Dallas Cowboys football. The Bears are coming to town and they're angry. Next. And welcome in, everybody, to Off of the Helmets. I'm Brady Tinker. Good week to you. It's been a nice week of Cowboys preparation. few issues. We'll get to those in a minute. But uh, the Cowboys at 5-2 and two are in a pretty good place, getting ready to take on the Chicago Bears. Some side stories here. Matt Eberflus was a coach on this team for seven years. The Cowboys organization absolutely loves him. So he has plenty to prepare for and be proud of and try and do to upset this team. And after a big win against the New England Patriots a couple of weeks ago, the Chicago Bears, or a week ago, the Bears are feeling very good about themselves and specifically their running game. So here's the Cowboys updates to begin with. Zeke Elliott, as I sit here on Friday afternoon, I will tell you he's 90% not going to play. And the truth is, he has stopped telling us that he's definitely going to play. He has now begun to say, not sure. We'll see. So it is two o'clock. Practice is not over for the Cowboys. So I do not have the third straight did not practice from Ezekiel Elliott yet. If that happens, if he does not practice today on Friday, then I think you can anticipate that it will be the Tony Pollard show. Before we talk about the rest of the injuries, let's go ahead and go to that. A lot of people have wanted more Tony Pollard for the last two or three years. And I get it. He's a big play guy. Zeke is no longer the big play guy. Uh, the two longest plays of the year for the Dallas Cowboys are a 56-yard catch by Tony Pollard and a 57-yard run by Tony Pollard. So all of those things make sense. If you go to the Cowboys games early in the season, especially, there were free Pollard chants from the Cowboys fans. Well, he's free now, bitches. But you need to know this. The most carries a man's ever had in an NFL game is 17. So if they're going to run the football and there might be 60 plays in this game, Tony Pollard's probably going to have to tote it more than 17 times and hopefully we'll catch it four or five times. So he's going over any norm that has been there for him. And the truth was, if you think all the way back to college at Memphis, the reason it didn't get bigger and the reason it didn't get more carries is he was a wide receiver half the time. They basically split carries with him, which automatically brings to mind, why doesn't he line up in the slot here more? Why isn't the offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, better at getting what is right now the biggest offensive weapon on the Dallas Cowboys into the game plan more. That's a rhetorical. I'm, I'm not sure that we've ever gotten a good answer. So he is third in the NFL. He was third in the NFL in 2001 at yards after contract contact. Get this when running up the middle, Tony Pollard was third in the NFL in 2021 in yards after contact when running up the middle. And I'm thinking, I'm not remembering running over all that many people like Zeke still does on occasion. Certain running backs in the league do. Derek Henry runs over people. So yards after contact means he's hitting the hole off the center, one side or the other, so fast that the first guy that tries to get him, either a defensive lineman or a linebacker, is reaching out and grabbing. And he's got such momentum and such force and pace going that he is then breaking tackles. So first contact, generally I imagine with Tony Pollard, is not hard contact. He's running through guys attempting to arm tackle him because he is shot out of a cannon. When he sees a hole, he gets north and south beautifully. And that's the truth. He's also bad at picking up the blitz. So part of the reason that we have been quietly told, and you watch, if you watch, you know, Tony Pollard's been shitty at picking up the blitz. This quarterback can't take any more direct hits. He doesn't need a concussion, which he almost ended up last week when he was thrown forcibly on what looked like his back and head. 
And Pollard is a bad blocker, just like Dalton Schultz when you watch him. You love to watch Dalton Schultz catch the ball, runs great routes, catches damn near every ball that comes his way, but he blocks terribly. If there's a running play on and Dalton Schultz is supposed to get in front of somebody, he just doesn't do it. So those are reasons that guys are off the field every now and then, okay? The reason Peyton Hendershat plays more is because he's a hell of a blocker. So you you do what you got to do. Okay, so if Tony Pollard is only going to get 17-ish carries and four or five catches, that's 22 or 23 touches, that's a lot for him. Who else is going to play? Rico Dowdle is on the IR. That's someone you watched during uh, preseason, and and you kind of liked, and so did I. It's against second and third teamers and guys that aren't going to make the team, but still it was forceful. It was well done, and what we could see early on was this zone blocking scheme with a patchwork offensive line actually might work. And it has. And and more credit needs to be given to the offensive line coach, to the offensive coordinator, to Mike McCarthy and everybody else. Because did you think this offensive line was going to be effective enough to suffer through Dak not being here, Cooper Rush being the quarterback, and still be able to run the football when Cooper Rush is out there? Every damn defense knows the Cowboys are going to run the football. So you have to give a tip of the hat to the Dallas Cowboys for what they have been able to do, for the coaching that they've gotten done. Uh, for guys like Steele, who you didn't believe in, et cetera, et cetera, that have plugged into this offensive line, McGovern, whoever it may be, and done a great job. Certainly the rookie from Tulsa as well. So tip of the hat to them because this offensive line has been effective. This is not – I guess you'd have to say this is a power running game. They're they're not gouging people, but they are effectively running the football enough to keep drives alive, enough to get to 57, 58 plays a game. And when you have this defense, that has worked. It's not going to work forever. So – Dak Prescott has to get better. He will. The thumb, I, I hear, feels a lot better this week than it did last week. So touch throws, maybe that first throw that got away in the Detroit game to a wide open tight end for a 12-yard gain that bounced off his hands and ends up in row one, maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe a couple of other overthrows that he was lucky weren't intercepted don't happen because he begins to get more and more feeling in that hand. The good news for me really in the Detroit game was he got better in the second half, 10 for 11. Seemed to calm down a little bit, and I was looking. I was really watching because you know I think that there are issues with his lower body still that he's not comfortable with. I didn't see him wincing. I didn't see his eyes necessarily flickering, looking around for the hit, worrying about the hit. I didn't see that. So those things were all good. But if Dak's going to be better, CD has to be better, Gallup has to be better, and I, to be honest with you, Gallup's coming back off a major knee injury to think that he would come in and make an immediate impact and be the hoss that we wanted him to be. And the truth is, you could have a whole discussion on you paid Michael Gallup in the offseason when you knew he was hurt. You chose to let Cooper go, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Those are conversations that can be had. They don't do us any good right now. So Kellen Moore and his creativity have to get better. It's easy to find our wide receivers. They are rarely in motion. It is easy to sort of identify what the Cowboys are going to do on offense, especially when it comes in the passing game. And it's weird because in Dak's first couple of years, it wasn't that way. And Kellen Moore's going to be the next head coach somewhere else. And congratulations to him and we'll never keep him. And what the hell are we going to do? No one's saying that anymore. And he needs to be better. Kellen Moore needs to be better. Michael Gallup got thrown two balls last week. And after the game, he's like, yeah, I got to do something to get him more into the game. Well, who the hell else is catching the ball if Gallup's not catching any? So CD and Dalton Schultz. Because this team doesn't throw the running back very often. How hard is that to cover? It's not very hard. He has to be better. If McCarthy has to help, fine. But you've seen Mike McCarthy's help. What Mike McCarthy really likes is a really good defense, a ball control offense, and a whole bunch of 12 personnel, meaning two tight ends. And it worked, and we're going to come back to that in a minute as something maybe this team needs to do during this game, more 12 personnel. But at this point, Kellen Moore has to be better. 
Dak has to take a step forward with how he feels with that hand, with how he moves around in the pocket. Now, this got said this week on 105.3 The Fan, and I was listening when Jerry Jones said, quote, mark my words, Dak Prescott will very soon become a much bigger and much more real part of the running game of the Dallas Cowboys. So what he's saying is I'm looking around the NFL and I'm watching all these mobile quarterbacks and I watch two against my team, Jalen Hurts and Danny Dimes in New York, hurt us. Those were running quarterbacks. And damn well, here comes a running quarterback too because last week, Fields got 12 designed run plays called for him against the Patriots, and they worked. So Jerry's like, listen, I don't know if he's a great passer or not, but he doesn't seem to be right now, so damn well he's going to get in the running game. Only the only issue is you better ask Dak because I haven't seen a running quarterback in probably two or two and a half years, uh, and certainly not since the catastrophic ankle injury where bones were going all different directions and the young man wondered if he'd ever walk again, much less play football. I'm not saying he's a pussy. He's anything but. Dak Prescott is a hard ass who has battled back from something that a lot of people just would have said, I'm good. He got his millions. Go live the rest of your life. He's back. He's playing. He's here. But if you watch him, he does not want to be, quote, an integral part of the running game. So what he's got to get better at doing is identifying, oh, they're in man-to-man. When they're in man-to-man and I'm in some sort of four wide receiver set or four receiver set, maybe I motion Pollard out, there's four or five guys in the pattern and they're in man-to-man, that means a whole bunch of safeties and corners are going to turn around and run the other way. When that happens, I matriculate my way up in the pocket comfortably and I run for seven yards and I slide. That's the part of the running game that he needs to be. Watch Patrick Mahomes. They basically said, stop running. When you're running, head for the sidelines or slide. We need you as the quarterback for this team because we're paying you a half a billion dollars. It's the same with that. They're paying Dak tons of money. I think it's nearly $40 million for him to play quarterback this year. But you cannot force him into the run game for multiple reasons. One, he doesn't want to. Two, he hasn't really done it in a couple of years. And three, this team ain't going anywhere near where you want them to go if he's not the quarterback. So relax, use the running game, use Tony Pollard, and get your damn offensive coordinator off his ass and figure out how to be more creative. you got to. And if you don't think Mike McCarthy that he can do it, then go back to the plays that you drew up in the barn before you got the Cowboys job. Go find them. You took pictures of them. They're all over the place. Go watch a bunch of Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills and San Francisco 49ers games and figure out how motion works for you and how you can make throws and plays easier for Dak based on a really good running game. Because a passing game, at this point, this is a defense-first football team. This is the, The plan is we play defense. That's what we do. We punt the ball beautifully. We kick the ball well. We got really lucky. Our kicker's been hot, so good. We're good on special teams. We're good on coverage. Cavante Turpin may take one of the house this week. Maybe that's how they cover. But the bottom line is those things are all good. This offense and offensive line have to gel better and help this quarterback. So what might you do? How about throwing on first down? Did you know of the last 27 first downs for the Dallas Cowboys? They ran 26 times. Okay, so... Asserting your will, playing smash mouth, hard nosed football on both sides of the ball is a good thing. That's playoff football. That's really good NFL football. And if you watch the NFL this year, it's kind of the new game. Aren't we going back to smash mouth football? Except in two or three cities, for the most part, the passing games are down. Both of the dead on Hall of Fame quarterbacks are having trouble completing passes. Nobody can complete a pass thrown into the end zone from the red zone because there's too many good athletes running around playing zone watching the quarterbacks. So running is correct. 
but you are going to have to be able to throw. And we all know when we watch the best quarterbacks in the NFL and they get the ball at the end of the game, they're going to be able to go down and get a necessary field goal or score a touchdown. We know, you know, it. if, if it's against your team, you're like, damn, Mahomes or damn, here comes that guy or that guy or that guy. And they're going to get it down the field because that's what premium quarterbacks who make this kind of money do. You have to put Dak Prescott in a position to be able to do that. A side story. Matt Eberflus is the coach for the Chicago Bears. He was here for seven years. Linebackers coach, got promoted a couple of times within, ended up being linebackers and passing game coordinator coach, got consistent raises. And I really think the Cowboys felt like if it was ever to come to pass that Matt Eberflus certainly was head coach material. Uh, that that time they were pretty much stuck on, on the redhead. But he is a good coach. Uh, he's a good man. He understands how to coach defense. Uh, he's a hard nose. And I promise you, he will be ready for this game. He was ready for Bill Belichick last week, uh, and he will be ready for Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones's team and Mike McCarthy's team. So plan on, if you're a betting man and you want to bet, bet the under. If the Cowboys are going to cover, what is it? Is it nine and a half or 10 points now? It seems ridiculous because I keep thinking, how are they going to score 30 points? We haven't seen it yet. Uh, they don't get enough plays because of how they the style of football they play. So I can't figure out how they're going to cover, but I do like the under in that game if that interests you. But Eberflus will be ready. Fields has a head of steam. And on the other hand, I talked to some really good book people who said, this is that perfect game. Everyone watched Chicago play the game of their lives this year, the game of Matt Eberflus's coaching career. And everyone's running to jump in behind the Bears and take the points. And this is when it flips. This is when Dak Prescott actually plays a little bit better. Uh, the offensive coordinator comes up with a couple of creative play plays. Cavante Turpin takes one of the house. Diggs takes one of the house. And all of a sudden they cover. And that's how this goes in the betting world. I'm still learning about that. I'm more along the lines of, I just watch the Bears. They're hot. I believe in the Bears. But they're three and four. And maybe I'm stupid because they don't pass the ball very well. And as big and handsome and strong as this quarterback is, it takes him about eight seconds to throw the fucking football. So the truth is you're going to get a big dose of the Bears running game, two running backs and a quarterback. And that's what's coming. And Dan Quinn is ready. Injuries on the defensive side of the football. I'll just give you all the injuries. Uh, I believe Zeke uh, is not going to practice today, which is Friday, will not play in this game, and he will then have the bye week and essentially could have up to what is three weeks off to get over this MCL issue behind his knee. When you saw the hyperextension of his leg, we all thought, I, I was like, he's hurt. There is some manner there that he's hurt, and you thought that too. And three plays later, he came out and jumped over a safety who dared go low on him and ran down the field. I'm like, okay. He's Gumby. He can't be hurt. He is an all-time cowboy in terms of being a hard ass and in terms of lining up and playing. He's the best friend of the quarterback, and you can count him. So good. Only when we heard on, I think I reported it on Tuesday, um, that he had a small tear. So there's some something here. Not everybody wants to say it, but a small tear of the meniscus behind his knee. Now, the meniscus, I'm no doctor, but I've covered hockey a lot too. Most hockey players have their meniscus torn or have just literally don't even worry about it. So what you end up with is a bit of looseness in that knee. You you can now, if you have a torn meniscus, hyperextend more easily, which makes some sense. Um, but give him three weeks off. It is by definition, I believe, a grade two sprain. When he comes back after the bye week, that's the Packers, I believe. And so they will need Zeke Elliott. That's when I think you'll see him next. Sam Williams had the game of his career in, I believe, 17 snaps, had a sack, uh, two uh, had a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, uh, two quarterback hits. I mean, you want to talk about efficiency and getting your job done. 
um, Sam Williams was great. And and does he not remind you? I can't really think. The only one I can think of is the old Roy Williams, the safety from OU that came in here. And when he hit people, it just reverberated. Boom! You could see everybody. Everyone's like, ooh, right? If you're in the stand, you're like, ow, ooh. And there's Roy standing over people going, that was me. I'm a truck. Sam Williams reminds me of that. And yet he's essentially a defensive end slash linebacker who's going to line up sometimes and put his hand on the ground and go get the passer. Also plays the run very well. And they're uh, happy enough with his mobility that he's, he's been back in coverage a little bit uh, a few times. Caught some people from behind. I don't think there's anything Sam Williams can't do. And it looks like it's turning out to be a great second round pick. And I have to say on both our first and second round pick, I was like, look what you did. You let Al Collins go, so you had to use a first-round pick on a reach from Tulsa. Look what you did. You let Randy Gregory go when he wanted to stay, and you had to make a bit of a reach on Sam Williams from Ole Miss. Well, the truth is, I apologize. They were not reaches. Both of these young men are amazing kids and amazing players who have learned so fast and become an integral part of a team that's 5-2. and two. So I just want to say, I was wrong. These two kids can play. We will see if Sam Williams practices today. He did not practice on Thursday. Malik Hooker also did not practice either Wednesday or Thursday. Now, an issue with the Cowboys this year, if there has been one on defense, is they haven't been a great tackling team, especially on the outsides. So when wide receivers and or running backs get to the edges, this team has not wrapped up as well as you would like them to wrap up. And to be honest with you, you might have pointed at Diggs last year. Diggs has gotten much better in his tackling and his form this year. So I'm not really pointing a finger at him, uh, but we'll see. Malik Hooker is a really good player and a good tackler. Uh, and I would like to see him playing in this game, which is going to feature a lot of running backs and people on their feet coming at you. We'll keep you posted. Uh, Noah Brown is also a friend of the quarterback. Runs really good routes. Isn't especially fast, but he is big. Uh, he's got all the courage in the world. I know you watched him fumble last week, but I'm not sure what happens to me when I go a full 360 head over heels right in front of the goal line either. Uh, but maybe it occurs to me that I need to put my hands down and save my neck and not snap it. And that's why the ball gets fumbled. So not that mad about that, and I'm not sure if it was that hit that has Noah Brown missing a couple of days of practice, but this team can't afford that because if you watch Michael Gallup and you saw how little they threw it to him, he's not right either coming off of this surgery. He's just not. And C.D. Lamb is willing sometimes and good at running routes sometimes, and other times he's a little petulant. So if neither one of them are any good, Noah Dan Brown needs to play. Otherwise, and I got this for later, they're going to see a lot of 12 personnel. There is a new cornerback that is going to play a lot of football this week. Deron Bland was chosen in round five out of Fresno State. Oddly enough, he wears number 26, which is Jordan Lewis's old number. Well, Jordan Lewis ended up with a beautiful interception last week, really, that helped seal the game. And has he planted to go make the dive to make the interception, which was beautiful, with Liss Frank had a Liss Frank issue in his foot. That's somewhere in the middle of the foot. I actually looked this up. The Liss Frank injury is from a doctor who repaired it all the way back in the Civil War. And it was an injury that happened to uh, guys who were on horses, a lot of whatever, colonels and generals and important people who were up on horses watching everything. And they would go hard and they would plant that foot down in the stirrup, not a horse guy. And sometimes it would give way. And the guy who performed the surgery on some important people during the Civil War was this guy, something, something, Liss Frank. It was all one word. Liss Frank was his last name. There you go. I'm sure he didn't care, but there you go. So Duran Bland is in replacing Jordan Lewis, and he's going to play a lot of football. And I don't know, like at training camp, this team really loved him. Dan Quinn loved him. He played very well in the preseason. And the truth is there is such depth on this roster at cornerback and safety at the beginning of the year. Deron Bland just hasn't played much. He's gotten into two games. He has four tackles. But you would have to think seven games in, Deron Bland is really, really ready 
based on what you know about Dan Quinn and everyone else that plays for him, right? So almost a, a stroke of luck for Deron Bland to have gotten the time he got and then now get an opportunity with Jordan Lewis leaving. So watch Deron Bland, number 26. I think you're going to like him. The timing feels good for him to come in and make an impact. And by the way, the Bears are not a great passing team. So find Darnell Mooney in the tight end every now and then, and you're good. The Lions last week were the sixth opponent for the Dallas Cowboys that scored no more than one offensive touchdown. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. I think the Eagles are the only only opponent that scored more than one offensive touchdown. Uh, that's a sin that we can handle playing that game in Philadelphia. And by the way, all of us have December 24th marked on our calendar because that head coach was a dick and that team has it coming and the Cowboys will be ready. So pretty good numbers for the Cowboys defense. You know that. Another good story, linebacker Damone Clark uh, will wear number 33 and will play this week. A round five pick from LSU. Uh, Damone Clark was somebody the Cowboys liked. They had had a couple of official visits with him. They were going to draft him somewhere in the third round. They had rated as an early third round player. And he's at um, the, the Combine. And at the Combine, they do normal physical tests, as you would expect. And somewhere along the line, a doctor said, this guy's got real problems in his neck and back here. And he won't be able to play football. You, no one can draft him and have him play football unless he has spinal fusion surgery. Can you imagine at 21 years old and you're good to go? And by the way, he had never had any effects. He'd never felt anything. At LSU, he's running around, he's hitting, he's a hammer, he's a lot like Sam Williams, only a little bit lighter, but similar in the way he plays, in that he hits you straight on. He just hits you. He goes around, and he just wants to hit you. You're going to love him. So he was had the surgery and was recovering, and he's been here, and he's been here, and he's been here. And then a 21-day window opens up for people that are on IR, and the window opens. The date was roughly 26 days ago. And now in a 21-day period, he will begin to practice and work out, and the Cowboys will deem whether or not um, – Damone Clark is able to be activated to the 53-man roster. And I think most of us thought, spinal fusion surgery. No way. Well, he got activated. He got activated on Monday, and Damone Clark will wear number 33 out of LSU. I doubt he's going to play much linebacker right now because, to be honest, um, Micah and Leighton Vanderish are pretty damn good, and there's two other linebackers behind them that are really good players that don't play a whole bunch, right? Bar plays, and, and we'll see. So he would be the fifth linebacker in this point on a defense – that doesn't put a whole lot of linebackers on the field. How many linebackers do you see at a time? Two max most of the time, right? I don't know if I've seen three linebackers on the field for the Dallas Cowboys all year. So Damone Clark is going to have to wait his turn, but he will play special teams, and it's a really cool story. This is a defense-first operation. Mike McCarthy has said it to us, and I promise you he said it to every one of his coaches, and his offensive coordinator took it to heart. And with Cooper Rush as the quarterback, they were a defense and run football team, and they still should be that. But there is going to have to be some changes. There's going to have to be some creativity for Dak Prescott, number four, to continue to grow into the guy you need him to be to win games late in the season when it gets cold and to win games in the playoffs. The NFC is ripe for the picking. Have you been watching Tampa Bay and Green Bay? So now we're terrified of Minnesota, Philadelphia, and San Francisco because they made a trade for Christian McCaffrey. I ain't terrified of nobody with this team, and I promise you in that locker room, they are not either. So it's a run-first operation that will have to get better. One of my suggestions, and I mentioned it earlier, is throw on first down. 27 first, the last 27 first downs, they've run 26 times. Complementary football, something Mike McCarthy talks about all the time. Complementary football. I'm with that. But at this point, guess what the complementary football has been? The defense is so effing good that it complements the offense by getting them the football in good places on the field. That's what's the complementary football at this point. 
when you're talking complementary offensive football, you're saying the run makes the pass or the pass makes the run. That's what you're really talking about. And the truth is the run has made the game's winnable, but the run hasn't made the pass any better, and it needs to. As good as they're running the football, it has to be there, but you have to throw on first down. You're going to have to do some things to get Dak in positions, just like you did the first play of the game when he missed the wide or the, the tight end on the left. Get out on first down, throw the ball, back some people up a little bit. I don't even care if, what Cavante Turpin does or who you think can run down the field. Throw a damn 50 or 60-yard pass down the sidelines out of bounds if you want to. Back the safeties up. This thing has to change. Otherwise, good defenses. And the Bears are not a great defense against the pass. They're not bad against the run. Um, I had some off statistics earlier in the week on the Bears. I thought they were better than they were. But I promise you, with Matt Eberflus as head coach, they're coming here to play. And they will be ready. And they will be standing at the line of scrimmage waiting for the run. And they will be looking at Dak Prescott and the receivers that he's got and say, we want to see it. Pass the damn football. So you're going to have to change it up. You're going to have to throw on first down some. You're going to have to get a little creative with the offensive coordinator. But the truth is, in the end, one of the things you could probably do, do you remember the Philadelphia game in the second half when we had such a hard time figuring out how to get points and Cooper struggled and he threw interceptions and everyone's mad at Cooper. But the truth is the offensive line didn't hold up quite as good as we wanted. And in my opinion, the offensive coordinator didn't do him any favors. The one drive that worked after halftime when they make an adjustment was they went back to 12 personnel, two tight ends. Now Schultz was not playing. So it was Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. And to my recollection, those two guys caught five balls in the first drive of the second half, moving down the field because nobody thought it was coming. Hell, put three tight ends out there. Line this thing up wide and make it look like run on every damn play for a couple of series. Hendershot catches the ball if you throw it to him. I think Jake Ferguson is nimble. If you saw that touchdown the Philadelphia game, I think it was, where he plants the foot at the five-yard line, basically spins and walks into the end zone. Hell, it was Travis Kelsey. So let him play. I'm not saying creativity has to be end arounds or or hook and ladders. I'm just saying something that everybody doesn't see on tape has to happen for this Cowboys offense to continue to progress and, by the way, win a game against the Bears that, to be honest with you, is a must-win game. You can't lose to the Chicago Bears. So CD's got to be better. This needs to be a CD game. And I don't know how they handle him, but if I handled him, I'd have him in a room and I would say, you're the best receiver on this team. We plan on throwing you 175 passes this year. Whether you want it or not, you wear 88. You are the best player on this team. And you need to run run precise routes. Don't flatten your route out or glide. Don't change your mind in the middle of plays. Don't do all that Des Bryant crap. Be who you are and who you were supposed to be. Catch the ball in the right spot to use those swivel hips and get us some damn plays, which he does some games and some plays, but then other plays he lets you down. And the letting us down stuff can't happen anymore with C.D. Lamb. They're depending on him. And I would tell him, you want to get paid like a guy who's a number one who gets 175 balls thrown your way? Play like it. Run every route perfectly. Get your foot hard in the ground. Make your plants. Make your cuts. If you're supposed to settle in a zone, settle. Turn around. Show your numbers to the quarterback. Be big. Do what great wide receivers do because you only do it sometimes. And this team needs you to do it all the time. They just do. There are too many injuries here. Michael Gallup is not right. Uh, Washington, James Washington is not ready to come back yet. The rookie from Alabama State just apparently cannot be developed and get on the field. To be honest with you, I think there's a trade coming. One of the mores. There's a more in, in Carolina that's expensive and really good. And there's a more for the Jets, 22, pre, presumably is maybe on the trade block. And he only makes about a million and a half a year. So it's hard for me to believe that happens. And I don't know. Maybe a Pittsburgh receiver comes here and we got two of them. Some Something's going to happen. But for this game and as this team makes progress and heads towards the bye week, the Cowboys have to be better on offense. So a prediction from off of the helmets right here brought to you by DSP Media. 
nine and a half point line. Over and under is 42 and a half. I think as I sit here this morning, I like the under. I think the Cowboys defense is focused every single game. They know about the one game where they struggled a little bit against Philadelphia. They shorted up in the second half. This is top three defense in the NFL. And they know it, and they're proud of it, and nobody's boastful about it, and they can't wait to play you, and they can't wait to hit you. So you have a new defensive tackle who's going to come in and help you. You finally got a fat guy. That's good news. I see the Cowboys making plays. I see a defensive touchdown coming. If they cover, it's because they got a defensive touchdown, and Cavante Turpin ran one back on a punt or a kick return. And the Cowboys, somehow or another, win this game 23-13. It won't be pretty, and it doesn't have to. What I really want out of this is no more damn injuries, and I want Dak Prescott to take another step. Because we need his confidence up. And I want Jerry Jones to stop saying he's going to be an integral part of the running game. That seems like idiocy to me. You've got two really good running backs. One of them isn't playing this week. But watch Pollard. If you've got a fantasy team and you got Pollard out there, put Pollard in the game. He can't wait for this. He's been chomping at the bit for this forever. I don't think he can do 25 carries a game for his career. I don't think he can do 15. But he can do it this week against the Chicago Bears at home in AT&T Stadium. I'm Brady Tinker, and this is Off of the Helmets. I so appreciate being here at DSP Media and being able to do this show again with you and for you. Uh, also, find out uh, under the Off of the Helmets and DSP logo, I'm doing daily updates from the star. Whatever I hear in press conferences, whatever I hear, I'm trying to tell you, um, and I'll do it for you every day. I'm really glad to be back. Thank you very much for all of you that are tuning in, and um, I had a good time. Hope you did, too. Cowboys will be 6-2 and two heading into the bye week, and then we'll just sit back and have some food and watch other people be shitty next week. For Off of the Helmets and DSP Media, I'm Brady Tinker. Enjoy your weekend.